Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me again, Team NXT. Welcome to the Undisputed Future Podcast, Episode 93. We are certainly on the road to 100 now. I am your host, CD Danny Mack, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, bringing you another episode from Carmela's Kayfabe Kingdom of Shaolin, Staten Island, New York. And I'm going solo again this week. Special shout out. Thank you to Matt for joining me last week for some Wednesday Warfare discussion and TakeOver Toronto 2 review. Now, being episode 93, I figured there'd be three major topics to discuss this week on the show. I'm going to do a little bit of a segment of something I kind of promised last week, but Matt and I got so caught up in AEW versus NXT and put that in quotes. I don't really see it as a versus. I just see it as more wrestling opportunity for all of us to pack our weekly schedules with. But a few superstars who can benefit from an NXT return upon their debut on USA Network and national television. Then we're going to go into reviewing the August 21st and August 28th editions of NXT. Going to try and timestamp all of this in the episode descriptions from now on. Uh, Thank you again to Matt for that idea as well. And then closing things off, August 31st, a huge day for pro wrestling. We have AEW's All Out event, as well as in the afternoon for us, us Americans and especially the Northeasterners, Afternoon Wrestling with NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So I'm going to be reviewing that card and going over some predictions for that show as well. But as far as talents who I think can benefit from an NXT return, NXT going to USA is going to provide a huge platform for not only the NXT superstars, but maybe also open up another another lane on a superstar's career highway And give them another lane to kind of travel in. Another sort of way to find their way on television and actually find themselves in relevant storylines. And somebody I'd really like to see make the jump back is actually somebody who we saw quite the hype video for upon their imminent debut on the main roster. I'm talking, of course, about EC3. EC3 not yet getting his big break on the main roster, a couple wins over the then known as Dean Ambrose on Monday Night Raw. It was all well and good. You thought it was headed somewhere. And then, just like a few other countless storylines throughout WWE's history, just kind of dropped and, and fell off the wagon there. And NXT did not really become, at least in my opinion, NX3 like a lot of us initially anticipated. The debut segment, the interaction with Mr. Regal revolving the North American Championship inaugural ladder match, you thought, okay, big things are coming for EC3. Is he going to be the first champion? No, that, of course, honor would go to Adam Cole, Bebe, now NXT champion. So EC3, I really feel, can benefit from a return to NXT, really solidifying it as NX3. Let's get him in the mix for that North American Championship that he initially wanted upon his debut. Let's get him rolling with the bigger talents on there and just have some charismatic clashes with the likes of Adam Cole for the NXT Championship or maybe even revisiting the rivalry 
with the Velveteen Dream. I really enjoyed that one as well. But again, EC3 just not making that that impact that a lot of us expected and pun not intended there coming over from Impact Wrestling, but not making that initial impact and that just the main event superstar caliber that I feel he is definitely capable of. So EC3 going back would definitely be a big deal in my opinion. I think EC3 getting some more mic time can only be a benefit. The guy is charismatic. He's got a good look. He's got a fun personality. So I'd really like to see that shine just a little bit more. Going into the tag team division, I would really like to see the Authors of Pain make a return to NXT. At this time, as it stands right now, NXT does not have a monster tag team like we are used to seeing. Big, hoss-fight-worthy tag teams like an Authors of Pain making a return, or even a Heavy Machinery last left off, or hell, even Sanity's Killian Dane. Killian Dane being one half of that tag team provided that sort of monster vibe behind the Agents of Chaos. So AOP going back to NXT and being that monster force, that driving force in the tag team division, again, I really think would also be beneficial. Without Paul Ellering, it's probably going to be a little bit harder to write. It's going to be a lot harder without a managerial role. We don't exactly know what happened with the Drake Maverick relationship since, I believe it was Akam's knee injury, the most recent one. It could have been Razor. I'm going to have to double check and brush up on those statistics for you. But since their return, and as far as I know, as far as the reports that I've read, both AOP members are healthy and ready to go in the ring again, but they were left off a crucial tag team turmoil just this past week on Monday Night Raw. That's one of the most recent reports about Akam and Razar that I've been able to pick up and read. So I'd like to see them go back, make that sort of monster impact again, get uh, got a little bit more of their live television legs underneath them again, because not being featured on Raw or SmackDown has been a bit of a detriment In my opinion, I think the NXT Tag Team Division, as it stands right now, could use a monster tandem to fill that spot, and why not go back to what worked? AOP had some incredible matches in NXT, going back to the Dusty Classic Cup with that shark cage match with Paul Ellering suspended high above the ring, and of course, that TakeOver Chicago ladder match against DIY, and we all know how that one ended. So I'd love to see AOP go back in the tag team division. As far as women talents, I probably should have given myself some more time to mull this over before jumping behind the microphone this week. But as far as talents in the women's division that haven't worked out, it's always managed to find or sort of write itself in a tag team sort of motif. We've had Kairi Sane and Asuka floating around as the Kabuki Warriors as a tag team. That's not something I knew I wanted until it was right there in front of me and Paige introduced that concept. Would I like to see both those talents run in and have Asuka mix it up with Shayna Baszler as it stands right now? Absolutely. Would I like to see Kyrie Sane go back and give a rub or some good matches to some developing talents? Sure. Would I like to see Kyrie go head-to-head with this new personality coming out of Io Shirai? Most Definitely, but the Kabuki Warriors are finding their way closer and closer to holding those women's tag team titles. Not sure when that's going to happen, but I do feel like 
that is imminent. Somebody who got brought up directly to WWE television without going through NXT. No, I'm not talking about AJ Styles. Trust me, before I hear anybody screaming, I'm not talking about AJ Styles. I'm talking about the Canellises, the Canelli, the the Mike and Maria Canellis. I really do think that Mike could benefit from some exposure on NXT television. There was this really hot angle involving him and Maria and Drake Maverick and the the overall leadership going on with 205 Live. Mike had gotten some airtime on Monday Night Raw, despite the fact he was being treated like shit by his own wife. I provided for some entertaining angles and what I saw as some really entertaining stuff, and I really thought it was headed somewhere. I hope everything's okay. That kind of also just seemed to drop out of midair. But Mike Canell is going to NXT television. I think that could help his standing as well as far as being treated more seriously. The 205 Live NXT UK and NXT. I was actually just tweeting about this back and forth with, I believe, the Wrestling Life podcast. Shout out if you're out there listening, TWL. And it feels like... NXT 205 and NXT UK kind of share this giant fluid roster with each other. So I could definitely see with Mike's recent experience on 205 being brought over to NXT, getting treated a bit more seriously and getting a proper sort of shot at some longer length matches. I really enjoyed his unsanctioned work with Drake Maverick a couple weeks back on 205 Live. Thought he had a good showing in the Captain's Challenge tag team match recently as well. And I think Canellis can definitely have the chance to shine like he has other places around the world. Let's not forget his history with Adam Cole and others. Most, not not most recently, but going back a little bit of a ways, Mike could have been a really good, really good addition to the Undisputed Era, in my opinion, before this four-man group formed with bringing in Roddy Strong. I don't know if it's a group that's going to grow into five members, especially not as of late with the prophecy of holding all of the gold going on, but I do think Mike could find himself in a useful component and capacity on the NXT roster. So just a couple quick picks there. I'm definitely going to mull over who in the women's division could benefit from a push going back to NXT competition, but EC3, AOP, and somebody we haven't seen on NXT TV before in Mike Kanellis, I think could really make for some interesting additions or returns and really reinvigorate some careers, kind of like what Tyler Breeze and Fandango find themselves doing right now. Tyler Breeze going back to NXT, always welcome in my book. Breezango being reimagined has me all sorts of pumped, and this... This rivalry with the fashion antithesis of them in The Forgotten Sons, their match with Blake and Steve Cutler from the TakeOver Toronto 2 Arena at the pre-show post-show, I thought it was a very entertaining match. Nice to see Brizango pick up a win, and I really hope that momentum continues for them going into future NXT episodes. Moving into reviewing episodes, however, we have the August 21st edition August 21st edition, not 24th, edition of NXT television. Kicking things off with the Undisputed Era, lots to say about the events that happened in TakeOver Toronto 
Adam Cole successfully retaining his NXT Championship in the three stages of hell, two out of three falls scenario he found himself in against Johnny Gargano. Whereas the tag team and North American Championship conquests did not go the way of the Undisputed Era, big controversy surrounding the NXT title NXT Tag Team title match with the tag made from O'Reilly to Fish, the illegal man being pinned in that situation. Definitely justification for this most recent rematch we got on the August 28th edition of NXT. Absolute barn burner of a match. Going to discuss that a little bit towards the end of the show. Adam Cole. Adam Cole speaking all the truth, baby. He walked out and did exactly what he said he was going to do. But he had some words for the winner of the breakout tournament and their championship aspirations. Jordan Miles, dressed to the nines, looking like a Jehovah's Witness, maybe, holding that NXT contract. Now, I discussed on the show that maybe he would go the way of the Velveteen Dream and aim his sights on the North American Championship, possibly to prove its prestige. But Jordan Miles shooting straight for the top. The the animated hero that he personifies does not put himself under any limits. He's going right for the top dog, contract in hand, and really making his aspirations known directly to Adam Cole. Miles, anything but smiles against the Undisputed Era, making his intentions known to challenge for that NXT championship. And we have learned most recently on this edition of NXT, saying most recently a lot, even if events aren't as recent as I think they are, um, Miles will go one-on-one with Cole next week for the NXT championship. I don't think Miles has a shot. I don't think the prophecy of gold is going to be disrupted by a breakout star, but I do think it will be a breakout match scenario for Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles, very impressive throughout this tournament, really shutting up all of the haters. Well, maybe not all of the haters, but maybe maybe, maybe putting the attention away from some of the other competitors that Shane Thorne has had an issue with over the past number of weeks. And Miles has all the tools, man. He's got a good personality. He's got a good look. I think that smile for Miles is more than welcome in... In my book, and I definitely expect a breakout performance as unsuccessful as I anticipate it being, I do think it will be a milestone for Jordan with this championship opportunity coming up. Adam Cole vows that he does not want any of this, him being Miles' pronouns, pal. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a tough match. It's going to be a very entertaining NXT Championship matchup. But this prophecy of the Undisputed Era being fulfilled is all but a certainty, in my humble opinion. Moving forward to the first match of this evening, on NXT we had the winner of the largest battle royal in WWE history taking place at that Saudi Arabia event that I'm just going to kind of gloss over there. Mansoor taking on Damian Priest. Damian Priest had all the power all of the size and all of the tools to put down Mansoor, but Mansoor's resilient. He got some impressive offense in using his speed to outwit the larger Damian Priest, but Damian Priest gets shot down by the archer and faces the reckoning. Another win for Damian 
Priest. I like the idea of Mansoor getting more TV time on NXT. You win something that historic in WWE, you've definitely earned yourself some TV time after that. But Damian Priest is a star. I really do. I'm, I'm saying this with incredible bias. He is a New York City native like myself. But he's got a good look. He's got a strong demeanor about him. I really... There's something about him that draws me in personally. And I do think Damian Priest is in for big things coming up on his NXT career. Priest, formerly known as Punishment Martinez, has been dealing out the punishment to all his opponents on NXT. Just kind of waiting when that TakeOver debut is going to happen. I would love to see a dual TakeOver debut match between him and the time splitter Kushida. I think that if a grudge match could be formed out of those two, give both those men a TakeOver debut at the same time. Only downfall side to that is that one of them would have to lose. And I don't really want to see either of those guys lose immediate fan of those two right away. So that much of it would suck, but I do think that that clash of styles and size and Kushida using his submission style to break down a larger opponent in Priest, whereas Priest tries to outmuscle the time splitter of Japan, I do think that, uh, that that would provide for some really entertaining stuff. Kushida getting a video package just this past week on NXT, making sure that he is not forgotten despite not being on TV for a couple weeks. The Kushida hype is real. The Damian Priest star in the making hype, I do believe, is real. I would love to see those two go at it. And, uh, yeah, I think Priest has the look. I think Kushida has the ability. I want to see both those men in a takeover matchup, and there would be plenty of potential for a good match with those two talents. Let's jump into some women's action. Vanessa Bourne, The Vision, getting her hands on the HBIC former number one contender to Shayna Baszler's championship at NXT TakeOver Toronto 2, Mia Yim. Mia Yim has a win under her belt over Vanessa Bourne's bad and bougie partner, Aaliyah. New tricks coming out of Aaliyah and Bourne. The personality of this tandem is really starting to shine, even breaking out some custom stickers reading lower. They do see themselves as the higher-ups in the class structure of the NXT Women's Division, so I thought that was a nice little touch, just kind of branding their opponents with stickers. It's easy heat. It's definitely creative heat, and uh, it got a reaction out of me. I thought it was really good stuff. Vanessa Bourne making improvements in the ring as well. You see a couple new tools coming out of her arsenal. Her and Aaliyah continue to grow. Aaliyah, as I mentioned before, an NXT veteran at this stage in her career, which is not easy to do, but all the credit in the world. Aaliyah playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. She is still going to get to wrestle on the USA Network after all of this time on the NXT brand. So big ups to Aaliyah and her constant improvements. And I really do hope this tag team between her and Vanessa Bourne does take off and does get some spotlight in the women's tag team division. Not enough of an improvement to beat Mia Yim, though. Mia Yim's aggressive style that she displayed against Shayna Baszler, coming back against Vanessa Bourne, and just not enough for the hire to beat the HBIC. Protect your neck. Wu-Tang reference on the finisher. Absolutely love it. Mia Yim walking out with another win in the women's 
division. Definitely a bounce-back victory from her loss against Shayna at TakeOver Toronto 2. And speaking of the Queen of Spades, the submission magician would give badass credits to Mia Yim, even inferring that the two can get along. We don't need to stand across as enemies. You could stand beside me. It is nice and warm under the dragon's wing. And in a cold business, that's really an alliance you can bank on. That phrase personally gave me chills. A lot of events giving me chills in the NXT Women's Division lately. I will get to that on the August 28th edition. But Baszler and the Army would institute a beatdown on the HBIC. Some familiar territory, sadly, for where Mia Yim has been. Mia Yim trying to plead that she deserves another shot at Shayna Baszler to William Regal. William Regal just having none of it at this time. I'm sure that is a developing story, and we will hear from Mia Yim and this grievance against Shayna Baszler and the Queen's Army on future NXT TV. Moving back to breakouts, Bronson Reed, the king of Australian strong style with some Australian animosity towards a already broken out star in his mind's eye, Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne looking to break through the breakout stars and he's already earned himself a victory over Joaquin Wilde in what I thought was a very entertaining, fast-paced match and... I enjoyed this one as well. Definitely different. The chemistry is there. You can really tell that these guys have some similarity in styles and probably worked with each other in the past. The chemistry was there. And Shane Thorne being smart enough to be able to put down the larger opponent in Bronson Reed, really showing some good in-ring IQ there and really, really hard-hitting knee strike to the side of the head. Shane Thorne being a thorn in the side of all of the breakout stars. Bronson Reed definitely jump into one of the top spots besides the winner of the tournament, Jordan Miles. I think Bronson Reed might have been my favorite talents out of this, just with the combination of look and in-ring ability. If we're talking personality, I definitely enjoyed in a strange, strange way the antics and the psychosis, I guess, for definitely... Definitely might not be a lack of a better term. That's the only way I could describe the ways of Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, another standout talent in my opinion. Really, all of the talents broke out and did exactly what this tournament vowed to do. Make us familiar with the talents of the NXT live event circuit. And I thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. I'd love to see what the Jordan Miles-Adam Cole match looks like next week on NXT television. And really hoping for some big things, but I'm really enjoying this Shane Thorne storyline. I'm going to jump ahead to this week's edition of NXT, and Shane Thorne would make his presence known by the commentary table once again. Mouthing off, asking Moro why he's talking about this, that, and the other thing instead of Shane Thorne and his devastating kicks, which have earned him two consecutive victories over breakout stars. And Moro honestly just had enough due to a timely commercial break on the WWE Network advertising NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and Morrow just not wanting to hear any more out of Shane Thorne but I am certain that this will not be Shane Thorne's last last stands I guess when it comes to uh, when it comes to smack talk in the breakout stars 
of the tournament. Well, one thing I did miss is being able to just kind of turn over the talking points when I'm uh, when I'm trying to hydrate myself on this show, and definitely missed the dual podcasting situation of last week with those cases. But a uh, couple breaks here and there aren't necessarily bad. I know most, if not all of you are listening to the show in multiple parts. So a couple breaking points and a couple good spots to pause. Never really a bad thing in my opinion. Velveteen Dream and the Velveteen Couch and the Velveteen Ladies. One of my favorite ways of delivering a promo in recent history. Velveteen Dream boasting about his absolutely priceless victory over Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. The price of a Velveteen Dream t-shirt, $30.00. Price of the Shades of the Dream, $10. Walking out of TakeOver Toronto with the North American Championship, priceless event. Victory over Dunn, pinfall over Dunn, but would call out Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong made it known earlier in this evening that he was not the one beaten during the North American Championship triple threat match. That Velveteen Dream, just with a timely elbow drop, able to take advantage and pin Pete Dunne. Dream seemingly calling out Roderick Strong, and I really do think that Roddy versus Dream is imminently coming. I think it's going to be that last and final piece of the puzzle and the prophecy being fulfilled when or where it's going to happen. I think that that is the perfect match to shine the spotlight on the Dream where it belongs, and give Roderick Strong the proper exposure to show his talents. I think that debut episode on USA Network on September 18th, featuring a North American Championship match between the Dream and Strong, is a major selling point, and I really hope that that's where all of this is leading. Dream versus Strong, a rivalry for the North American Championship, definitely best for business, on NXT TV. It's the last piece, as we now know, of the Undisputed Ever's Prophecy with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish managing to recapture the tag team titles. Definitely going to discuss that match towards the end of the show. But a major match that needs some time for discussion is a budding rivalry and an intense rivalry between the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane, and the King of Of the original bros, I guess I'm combining nicknames here, Matt Riddle. Dane and Riddle's rivalry has gone to some extreme lengths. The re-debut of Killian Dane consisted of a senton bomb through the stage. How do you elevate it from that? Killian Dane hits Matt Riddle and a standby security guard with a side effect off of the stage through a couple tables at TakeOver Toronto in a very unexpected and impromptu brawl that was more than welcome in my opinion. Matt Riddle also getting the chance to lay out countless amounts of witnesses and anybody who tried to interfere in breaking up this brawl. And don't forget, this was a match we were supposed to get a couple weeks back, but it broke down into another crazy, chaotic brawl. So will Killian Dane and Matt Riddle get their hands on each other in a somewhat organized way this week? Well, it wasn't exactly clean and organized, but they definitely got their hands on each other in a legal match. Riddle starting off with a familiar sight of blindsiding Killian Dane. 
And we got ourselves a brawl to kick this one off, bros. Dane getting a little bit of a taste of his own bad medicine, a phrase I will continue to use and borrow from Moro Ronaldo. I absolutely love that so much. And this was just... We had two major hoss and boss fights on NXT TV these past couple of weeks, and Dane and Riddle was the first of the two to deliver. Vicious acts on the outside, the steel steps assault by Killian Dane to the ribs, and the sentons, and just all of the assault on Matt Riddle's ribs, making the King of Bros hard to breathe, and if you can't breathe, you can't fight, and if you can't breathe, you can't inhale your recreational activities after the show that is going to help you manage the very pain that Dane has brought on, and think green if you don't exactly know what I'm hinting at. This match will be concluded despite some incredible Offense by Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is a star. I don't know how many times anybody else needs to hear that, but the guy is going to absolutely shine once NXT is brought to USA Network. That guy getting national TV exposure, it's going to sell a lot of merch. It's going to be a high point of NXT programming week after week, and Riddle will definitely find the spotlight on himself when the time comes for USA Network debut. Not going his way this week, though, a triple series of Vader bombs by Killian Dane would bring the W, causing some presumably internal bleeding for Matt Riddle. Blood would be pouring out of the mouth of the original bro. However, this loss and this injury and this internal suffering that Riddle is suffering would not stop the king of the bros. Riddle isn't done. The intense look washing over the face of Riddle. This would lead to, unfortunately, not seen on NXT TV, but if you did not see it, please check the WWE social media and go out of your way to see the aftermath and the backstage, and not even backstage, out in the full sale parking lot and loading docks area. Absolute menacing brawl between these two guys. This is a heated, intense rivalry on NXT TV, and I love a good rivalry outside of a title picture where it's just a battle over bad blood. Riddle and Dane, I really do feel like this one is far from over. There is absolutely a lot of anticipation in the future of this rivalry. That about does it for the August 21st edition of NXT television. Let's move into August 28th. Kicking things off, we would have the new... Io Shirai, I'm guessing I could use that in the same way I'm using the new Dan O'Brien, although Colin's over there uh, shaking and disagreeing with me, I'm guessing maybe not. What are you doing, dog? You know, the Velveteen dog is trying to make himself comfortable. Hi, buddy. What are your thoughts on Io Shirai? Alright, I'm going to give my thoughts on Io Shirai and you could go next. Io Shirai, coming off of TakeOver... Toronto 2 success against her former friend Candice LeRae in what was the better of the two women's matches on that card, in my opinion. Shirai would come out swinging once again, getting her hands on Cammy Fields. And Cammy Fields, I want to thank Beth Phoenix for this bit of information, has had past history on the NX, on main roster television before, suffering a loss against now SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley. And Shirai, absolutely explosive. Fields would uh, Fields would be put out to pasture in, in this one. 
not not going Cammy's way this evening. Brief, if you could even call it brief. What's shorter than brief burst of offense in this one? Shirai, absolutely explosive. Shirai putting Cammy away almost at the very beginning with that moonsault and the snap and the quickness and the intensity of an Eo Shirai moonsault. There's just something that makes it distinct and there's something that makes me pop for it that isn't just the flip itself. It's the angle and just the way it's delivered so suddenly, I guess, just the way she's set up and immediately springing back. There's something about an Eo Shirai moonsault that is absolutely a vision of beauty, not to be confused with the earlier segment featuring Vanessa Bourne. But this was a bit of a surprise. Well, probably shouldn't be a surprise with this change of personality Shirai has going on, but forcing a false fall after that moonsault and locking in, which I thought was initially the Koji clutch, but if I read commentary or heard commentary correctly, rather, and reading my notes correctly, the Katajumi clutch, I'm going to have to double check that with Mr. Moro Ranallo, but it sounds right. It looks devastating. Really cranking the neck and the shoulders and the arms back of Cami Fields and the absolute lack of mercy shown by Io Shirai recently has a lot of us wondering how, why, what brought this on. She doesn't need anybody. Not even giving her opponents a chance or the slightest bit of respect. Shirai has become more like Shayna than ever. And if you want to take one page out of the NXT Women's Championships playbook and the Queen of Spades, it's imitating that aggression because it has brought Shayna's success twice, being the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. Submission, though, not enough. The Shirai post-match assault looks to continue, but with a kendo stick. Shirai in a kendo stick, Shirai in a steel chair, Io Shirai bringing upon the weapons to beat down Anybody who isn't a friend, and Io Shirai, quite frankly, doesn't need any friends at this point, and I absolutely believe her when she states that. But Candice, coming to the rescue, Candice LeRae, unfinished business with her former friend, would stop this assault. Candice and a kendo stick would make the save. The post-match assault being just stopped in the nick of time, thanks to Candice LeRae. I am thrilled that this rivalry is not ending. I love the match at TakeOver. I want to see a series continue. I want to see this new personality and new aggression out of Candice LeRae grow. I want to see Candice get her own spotlight. I want to see Candice step even further outside of the shadow of being Mrs. Gargano. That rivalry and that knowledge is never going to go away. But being able to get her own program outside of Johnny and really standing on her own and especially with the continuity of the storyline. I'm a big fan of this one continuing. I love me a women's rivalry outside of the division, and getting the grudge match on the TakeOver card already states how much faith is in this rivalry. Love to see it continue. Love to see Candice playing the hero against her former friend who claims that she doesn't need any friends. I'm loving this story to grow, and I really cannot wait to see if it extends and continues to NXT TakeOver Chicago 3, a.k.a. NXT TakeOver War Games 3. What are we calling this one, gang? I don't know. I haven't thought of it. I mean, it's going by NXT War Games again, so I'm probably just going to steer into that skid. But in NXT TakeOver Chicago, 
it's it's such a pivotal event. It's it's has just about as much hype and fandom and revelry in history of the NXT brand as the TakeOver Brooklyn's and TakeOver New York's of the world. So I do think it deserves to be known as a trilogy, despite the fact that the War Games matchup will be brought to us again during Survivor Series weekends, and it is that time of the card for it to say NXT TakeOver War Games, but it's NXT TakeOver Chicago 3 in my eyes. And moving away from that uh, little branch off and sidetrack there, we have the long-awaited rematch and a rivalry revisited and renewed, a rivalry plagued by untimely injuries. I'm talking about the limitless Keith Lee, bask in his glory, or feast your eyes on the dominance of Dominic Dijakovic. Long-awaited rematch. The last time we saw these two together, they pushed each other to the absolute limit, ending in a double countout, and just keeping the rest of us on our toes. When are these two guys going to be healthy again? When is the knee and the MCL or the ACL? I'm always getting injuries confused across the board. But when are these two men finally going to be healthy enough to bring a Haas fight back to each other? And we got our answer this week in a great, great match. If there's one match I'm going to discuss on this episode that is considered a must-watch, not even the NXT Tag Team title match, will overcome this one. Long-awaited rematch, finally brought to us, and boy, did it absolutely deliver. My entire time watching this match was either taking notes or asking myself, how the hell did he do that? Not just Lee, not just Dijakovic, but the combination of these two guys had me asking in upwards of five times throughout this match, how the hell did he do that. A hoss fight. These two guys, big, burly stature, over six feet tall, doing things that cruiserweights, cruiserweights are flying around and doing, and Dominic Dijakovic clearing the top rope on an outside Conhiro, I believe it was. However, he twisted himself into Keith Lee. It was unbelievable, incredible stuff. And more Top rope offense, something I have never seen before. I don't know how many pounds were on that top rope, but it would come crashing down in a monstrous flip. The huge, biggest Spanish fly off the top rope I have ever, and I mean ever, seen before and might never see again, if I'm going to go full Chris Jericho with it. Really Just great stuff in this match. It was hard-hitting. It was exciting. You could see the determination on each other's face to put this rivalry to bed. And this is one I'm also hoping follows suit with Shirai and Lorray and doesn't stop after just this one match. The top rope offense was consistent throughout this matchup. Despite being a big man match, the top rope offense was there. The power display was there. It hit all of the check marks in my what makes a great match, what makes a big time hoss fight great, and boy, I really could not ask for anything more than what we got between Lee and Dijakovic on the August 28th edition of NXT television. 
Incredible, incredible stuff. I cannot put this match over even more than initially thought. Absolutely perfect way to reinvigorate, renew, and revisit this rivalry. The top rope offense being consistent throughout the match would end up costing Keith Lee, though. We thought we were going to get a monster moonsault out of this one, but Dijakovic, just the absolute opportunist at this point in the match, taking the legs out from Keith Lee and setting up the Feast Your Eyes GTS-like maneuver, devastating knee to the bridge of the nose of Keith Lee, and that would seal the 1-2-3 for Dijakovic. So before we bask in the glory, we have to feast our eyes, but this is a rivalry I do not think is over. It's one I hope continues to grow, and we get some more matches just like this one. Cannot possibly put this match over any more than... Me sitting here talking about it doesn't do it justice. It's just something you need to bask in and feast your eyes on for yourself. Big, major props to Keith Lee and Dijakovic. Fantastic match this week on NXT television. Boy, just talking about that match just gets the adrenaline pumping again. Where are we now? Uh, I discussed Shane Thorne airing his grievances over commentary table once again, that he is the breakout of all breakout stars, and we should be talking about the devastating kicks as opposed to what anybody else is doing on NXT TV. Back to women's action, Shayna Baszler. The champ, looking to address her subjects, was the queen of spades, but is cut off and interrupted by none other than the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Bad ass. This, this is her brutality, and I cannot wait. This is just one of those matchups that you don't know you absolutely needed to see until it's right in front of you. And that's the beautiful thing about NXT and what it brings us, is I didn't know how badly I wanted this until it was presented to me. Rhea Ripley, first ever NXT United Kingdom Women's Champion, going face-to-face with the first ever NXT Women's Champion, first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. Should have put that... Should have put that in front. So excited for this segment. Rhea Ripley not even giving the Queen of Spades a chance to address her subjects at Full Sail. She knew exactly what she was going to say. How I've beaten everyone here. But you haven't beaten me, bitch. Wow. Chills. I'm sitting here like I'm just watching it on television again trying to rehash it to you guys absolute chilling segment shivers up my spine anticipation on my mind this is going to be a brutal match I do think it can deliver differently than Shayna Baszler matches we've seen in the past not many people are able to match the aggression of Shayna Baszler I mentioned this talking about the Mia Yim rivalry how her past opponents like Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai they had their killer instincts brought about Due to their interactions with Shayna Baszler. Going back a little further, Ember Moon, War Goddess, already starting off with a bit of fire in her eyes. Pun completely intended on that Ember Moon promotion. And Mia Yim, 
Miriam starting off with her own street knowledge and aggressiveness and taking out the two members of the Queen's Army prior to that matchup. That aggressive side already rooted in Miriam's character. Rhea Ripley has a very similar thing going for her. Miriam is very brutal looking. She's angry. She's determined. She has this is my brutality screaming at the top of top of their lungs during her entrance music. There is very few right now in the NXT and NXT UK women's championship landscape that can match the aggression and the badass attitude of Rhea Ripley. Not something I knew I wanted until it was right there in front of me and the segment gave me chills. I cannot wait to see where this ends up. Will it stretch all the way to NXT TakeOver War Games? Or is it going to be one of those matches we are privileged enough to see before the next TakeOver event for a women's title opportunity? So Shayna versus Rhea coming up. All of the anticipation in the world for that one. And really, really, the women's action is picking up in NXT. Keep that Shirai and LeRae rivalry going. Introduce us something new with Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler interaction. Really good stuff on all fronts there. Jumping in just a little bit ahead of schedule in some United Kingdom action, discussing Rhea Ripley. Why not discuss what almost appears to be a male counterpart? Of course, I say that with jest, but Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne getting his own chance to speak on NXT TV this week. He goes where he wants, when he wants. He's one of the most dominant champions of the current day and modern era with almost a two-year title run with the WWE United Kingdom Championship or NXT United Kingdom Championship. I'm not sure if we've reached a balance in what we call that title at this point. I'm going to refer to it as the WWE United Kingdom Championship just because it does kind of make it seem bigger, I guess, as a as the title, so that's that's my thoughts, that's what I've heard it addressed as most commonly, and I'm sticking to it. So Pete Dunne goes where he wants, when he wants. I'm really hoping that was some seeds being planted for an appearance at TakeOver Cardiff. We've heard most recently from Cesaro on this matter. Cesaro is hopping on a flight to Cardiff, Wales, and he will be there for NXT UK TakeOver. What his spot and what his involvement is going to be has me personally on the edge of my seat. Maybe this where I I go where I want mindset of Pete Dunne traveled over to Cesaro. Maybe it's a clash of interests and maybe we get Cesaro versus Pete Dunne as an unexpected impromptu matchup on the TakeOver UK card. I don't know. It's where all my fantasy booking is going right now. I would love to see Pete Dunne versus Cesaro on a TakeOver card. I think that has match of the weekend potential. So we'll see. But Pete Dunne goes where he wants, when he wants. He's going to break your fingers, and he's looking to break your spirit. And from the longest reigning champion of modern era in Pete Dunne to tag team title action, we have the defending Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, in a TakeOver Toronto 2 rematch against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish representing the Undisputed Era and the Prophecy. It's almost there, gang. Team NXT, Undisputed Era. The chips are falling into place. Great match, though. Absolutely 
could not expect or anticipate or be let down when you got these four guys in the ring. There's intense tag team chemistry on both sides and some really unique tandem movements and offense and just really great stuff. This match featured everything that an NXT tag team title matchup should, including a dramatic submission breakup spot, which is a staple of NXT tag team title matchups. Familiar strategy executed here by the Undisputed Era, though, attacking the left knee of Montez Ford, attempting to take away the aerial offense. The frog splash that he gets all of that height on generated mostly... Mostly due to Montez Ford's impressive leaping ability, and you take away the leaping ability with taking out that left knee. Very similar strategy implemented against Mustache Mountain in their classic for the NXT Tag Team titles, also taking place at Full Sail University. And absolutely in love with this matchup. Street Profits and Undisputed Era, undeniable tag team chemistry. Great matchup. I loved it. Probably... Probably more than their TakeOver Toronto 2 match. Of course, I look at it with a little bit of bias. I didn't expect the TakeOver Toronto 2 card to kick off with a tag team title match, even though it's most famous for starting things off on a TakeOver card. But with the prophecy going into TakeOver Toronto 2, I didn't think they would take away the idea of it happening all in one fell swoop with the unsuccessful tag team title claim at that time. So this match was more expected to fall in a main event spotlight and it definitely delivered as it should like all tag team title classics to happen on NXT TV have done. Really chaotic matchup. I love the submission spots by O'Reilly and Fish respectively. Able to chop down the bigger man in Dawkins taking away some valuable offense from Montez Ford. But I can't not give the Street Profits... Props. Dawkins taking up some of the aerial offense on this one, executing a frog splash of his own. Really enjoyed that stuff. Great match, top to bottom, absolutely loved it, but the tag team veteran veteran status of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the formerly known as Red Dragon, there's there's nothing in NXT right now that tops it as far as experience goes. Excuse me. Those two guys know each other where they are, in the ring, outside of the ring, at all times. Ford and Dawkins grew together as a team, great success as tag team champs, winning that ladder match to claim the gold at TakeOver 25, major moment in their careers, doing some very entertaining stuff on Monday nights being featured on Raw, and that's really why I do think that this tag team title match took place and why it went the way it did. I think that Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins have been taken off of Monday Night Raw in the competition since, and are kind of weekly guest hosts, promoting the card, getting the audience hyped, throwing up their undeniable charisma on tape. I was a little bit worried, especially after this past week on Raw, that this match would go this way, and it kind of sucks to see the foreshadowing They were appearing with their tag team titles on Monday nights up until this past couple of weeks where the tapings would have already happened. So the foreshadowing was kind of there that they would lose this one tonight, but I go into every single NXT TV with an open mind, 
with a fresh start. I don't know how you can do an NXT podcast with reading the spoilers. I don't think there's any as much of a genuine reaction there. Of course, there's a major difference between just reading it online and seeing it for yourself. But going into each and every NXT episode fresh, definitely going to be a benefit of once it hits live television. Moving back to the results of the match, the total elimination would be set up by a chaos-filled ending. A missed frog splash would open things up for the Undisputed Era. And this move I forgot, and maybe even NXT commentary forgot at the time, because I don't know if it's called the high-low now, but that's what it was referred to, and I was I was just knocking my mind around trying to get my thoughts together. And I know that chasing the dragon is the kick to the head followed by the brain buster double maneuver. I knew that one right off the bat. So I didn't want to call that this one. What was the name? What was the name? I sat there for like 10 minutes just staring at my notes in my phone trying to top this thing out. And then just kind of put my phone to the side, stood up, got something to drink, came back and just thought, oh, total elimination. And that move would prove to eliminate the tag team title reign of Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, defeated by the Undisputed Era here. The prophecy is, I don't know if it's two-thirds based on titles or if it's three-quarters based on the number of people, but nevertheless, the prophecy is within 75 to 80% completed. Roddy Strong, Roddy buddy, all the pressure's on you now. Can you dethrone the C-H-A-M-P, the D-R-E-A-M? It's right there. We have tag team success of O'Reilly and Fish again. We have Adam Cole Bebe at the top of the NXT mountain with what I presume is going to be a successful title defense and breakout matchup for Jordan Miles. But Adam Cole is walking away, still holding the gold, Bebe. And I do think that Undisputed Era, by the ends of this year, maybe even as soon as a couple weeks in to NXT on live national television, the prophecy will be fulfilled, the promise for 2019 will come to fruition, and that is Undisputed. Wow, I haven't had a solo show of this length in quite some time. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, let's move forward. NXT TV, done. I gave my thoughts on who I think would benefit from an NXT return earlier on in the evening. Topic number three, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. First question, what will Cesaro do? I would really love to see him go at it with with Pete Dunne. I think that another option for this, considering what happened at last NXT UK TakeOver... I think Jordan Devlin calling out opponents and ending up with a main roster opponent could be a very entertaining sort of trend on UK takeovers. So possible that the Irish ace goes one-on-one with the Swiss cyborg. Would love to see Devlin mix it up with Cesaro. So I think that's an option as well. All I know is that Cassius Ono is also part of the NXT UK roster. Would love to see the Kings of Wrestling go one-on-one as opposed to being in a tag team match. Definitely an option there as well. But let's talk about the established card we have already. And ladies first, 
Tony Storm defends the NXT UK Women's Championship against a former friend in Kaylee Ray. And getting Kaylee Ray and Kylie Ray confused with all this AEW talk. It's it's sort of a mind effort at sometimes, uh, gang. Kylie Ray is two names. Kaylee Ray is Scottish with three names. You got to do what you can to distinguish superstars with similar names, in my opinion. I don't think Tony time is coming to an end. I do think that Tony is going to use all this anger towards her former friends and someone she looked upon as an older sibling. I really, I do think that Tony is going to walk out with a successful title defense against Kaylee Ray, but it has potential to outshine. Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler. I do think he can deliver on that front to distinguish it and differ it from the last NXT takeover we had. NXT, NXT UK. Uh, we're going to argue semantics if you're disputing the fact that, oh, it's it's NXT North American takeover. It's two completely different brands. And why would you compare those two matches, Dan? Blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to outshine Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler. I think it's going to be something different that we haven't seen before. I think Storm and Ray, knowing each other so well from their past experiences traveling around the world together, I think it's going to be a major benefit to this matchup. Last man standing match on a takeover card. Haven't seen this since Gargano and Champa. Joe Coffey representing Gallus taking on Dave Mastiff in a monster of a matchup. Last man standing. And I don't I don't necessarily have a real horse in this race. I really admire both work of these two men. I'm really just looking for a big time platform and a major fight, very similar to the match I discussed earlier between Keith Lee and Dijakovic. I'm really looking at this one as a major hoss fight. But Gallus, Gallus is rolling right now. NXT UK has a couple really good stables and tag teams between Gallus and the Grizzled Young Vets and Imperium displaying their dominance over whatever NXT division they so choose. I actually think that... I'm not sure if being German... Well, no, being German isn't a requirement. We have Fabian Eichner, the Italian Cesaro in a, in Imperium. So I think Kaylee Ray, honestly, could be a very good representation for Imperium as a women's division representative. I know not every stable needs one. We've asked many times on Twitter, I've seen it thrown about, that if the Undisputed Era were to get a female member, who do I think it would be? And I go always go back to the former history with Tynera Conti being hired as a hired gun for the Undisputed Era. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Point is, I think Gallus has potential to walk out with a lot of victories underneath their belt. Joe Coffey training like an absolute monster to take on this Mastodon mammoth of a man in David Mastiff. My vote's going to go with Joe Coffey, but I'm really just looking for a hard-hitting fight here. Another grudge match making its way to a takeover card is between the Scottish Supernova and the Kiwi Buzzsaw. Noam Dar is taking on Travis Banks. Travis Banks, unfortunately, unable to compete in the last takeover event for NXT UK, getting his chance to shine here. And I'm a big Travis Banks fan. 
Travis Banks, also a martial artist practitioner, very similar styles to what I have done. Uh, he's he's a karate black belt, as far as I know. I remember being made familiar with that, the last United Kingdom Championship tournament. So Travis Banks has my vote to win the matchup. Not to take anything away from Noam Dar, I loved his work on 205 Live. I'm really happy he made the jump over to NXT UK. I think that any promising United Kingdom or even overall European talent is being made good use of in NXT UK right now. I think Noam Dar getting a takeover opportunity is major for his career. Still very young man, lots of talent, lots of time to shine and grow in his own career. And the Scottish Supernova is looking to make a standout. But I think the Kiwi buzzsaw is going to chop down his efforts. And I think Travis Banks is going to walk away with the victory in this one. My most anticipated matchup on this card because it features my absolute favorite of the NXT United Kingdom roster. And and a band that's making its way up into my favorites as well. Junior. I'm talking of course about Mark Andrews and Flesh. Webster, Flash Morgan Webster, excuse me, can't forget all three, can't forget both his names, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews, the two Welshmen being represented in the takeover, being shown from Wales, hometown advantage or not, I'm really anticipating where WWE, NXT UK, NXT, where they're going to go with the hometown heat in this one. I know I just mentioned in the Joe Coffey and Dave Mastiff prediction that Gallus has a lot of potential to walk away with two major victories on this takeover card. Andrews and Webster versus Gallus being represented by Wolfgang and the second Coffey brother, Mark Coffey, versus the grizzled young veterans, the defending NXT UK tag team champions, first ever NXT UK tag team champions. Of course, I'm talking about James Drake and Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. And one thing I absolutely love, I'm going to sidetrack to a TV edition of NXT UK, not this past week, but the week before, the qualifying match for Mark Andrews to get his team in this triple threat tag team title matchup. Excuse me, again. I love that even though James Drake is the one mentioning and wrestling the matchup, rather. I love that Zach Gibson is getting all of the heat from the crowd. Stand up, shoes off, sit down if you hate Gibson. I love all of those chants. I was privileged enough to sit near a UK fan base during WrestleMania this year. I cannot express into words the admiration and the enjoyment I get out of the creative chants of United Kingdom audiences. I know a lot of them are just football slash soccer. Chance sort of fitting the mold of pro wrestling talents, but I'm really just thoroughly entertained on a weekly basis by the creativity of these chants. My prediction for this match, just because I'm going on hopes and dreams and my favorite on the NXT UK roster, I got to go with Andrews and Webster for this one. They scratched and clawed to get their way into this matchup. It could be a big-time hometown payoff for the two Welshmen. Andrews and Webster has my vote. I'm not discounting the ability of Gibson and Drake either, and I think that it can also be a very big night for the members of Gallus. 
NXT UK Tag Team Title matchup right now has my eye for match of the evening, but I'm anticipating a very action-packed card from top to bottom. Last but definitely not least, Tyler Bate challenges the ring general Walter for the WWE United Kingdom title. I had fallen behind on NXT UK for a number of weeks just between depression and scheduling and trying to get my life back on track. I binged it this week and I did not know that this dates back all the way to the Download Festival and poor Trent Seven being forced to watch his buddy Tyler Bate get dismantled at the hands of Imperium. Very personal title matchup going in to take over Cardiff. And I think that Tyler Bate, as the first ever WWE United Kingdom champion, all of the promise in the world, all of the reasons in the world to want to get back on top of that mountain, but there is the absolutely unstoppable, unmovable object known as Walter standing in his way. And my vote's going to go with Walter. I do think that this WWE United Kingdom title reign is going to continue for a long time. I think that Imperium has just as much promise as the Undisputed Era in their conquest for gold throughout NXT UK's roster as well. There isn't a fourth title on that brand yet, but I think that Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel could make their way into the NXT UK tag team title picture very soon, and I think that the ring general of Walter has the leadership of the brand and is their defending champion for a long, long time. I don't know if it'll reach the lanes that Pete Dunn's did, but I thoroughly enjoyed Walter versus Dunn at TakeOver New York. Privileged enough to see that United Kingdom Championship reign unfortunately come to an end, but it was a great matchup. Definitely different style of matchup than I was used to in comparison to the rest of that card. So I do think that Walter's reign of dominance continued, but Tyler Bate has all of the potential and all of the power in the world. Big, strong boy. He's someone younger than me, but somebody I look up to just in his work ethic and his physique and his dieting. And I look at Tyler Bate, I look at guys that look like him and Pete Dunne, and I wonder how all of that is just plant-based power. But it does. These two guys are... They're religiously vegan, they're finding ways, they're working out like crazy. You don't just look like Tyler Bate by doing something wrong. The man is young, he's talent, he's talented, he's strong. I think he's going to give Walter one hell of a matchup that I don't think will be anticipated by a lot of people looking at this from a size and power standpoint. But I think Tyler Bate is going to deliver. Unfortunately, I do think he's just going to fall short against Walter in this chase to reclaim the United Kingdom Championship. So Storm, Coffee, Banks, Andrews and Webster with a little bit of hope that Gallus can be dominant on this evening, and Walter. That's filling out my TakeOver Cardiff predictions. Please reach out to me with yours. I'm definitely going to be putting up TakeOver prediction polls going into this event August 31st, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. if I'm doing the math right. Yeah, five hours ahead of us, uh, GMT maybe, Greenwich Mountain Time. 
Um, not exactly sure of my time zones, but I know that UK time is five hours ahead Northeast American time. So check that out. Cannot wait for the day of wrestling August 31st is going to bring to us, including AEW's All Out events. Uh, best of luck and thank you to Chris Jericho. I really hope that Jericho becomes AEW's first ever champion. I think that's the right move to go. Um, not the biggest Young Bucks in the wor- Young Bucks fan in the world, but I am a huge Lucha Bros fan. That ladder match for the AAA tag titles should be excellent. Sean Spears formerly known as Ty Dillinger, getting managed by Tully Blanchard, of all people, going into a big-time match with Cody. I think that match has all the promise in the world also. I think that Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears, is due and has been due for a long time to get a chance to shine in a major matchup. And I think going one-on-one with a member of the Rhodes family finally pieces a lot of that promise together. So really best of luck to AEW. I hope this event is a success and thank you so much if you are listening to this on your travel to or from Chicago. Travel safe, stay hydrated, and most importantly, enjoy yourself. This is a major weekend and a great day between StarCast and AEW's All Out in Chicago. Really wish I could be there myself, but finances are a bitch and uh, life gets in the way sometimes. So I wish all of you the best of time and best of luck in your travels. Thank you so much for listening to the show. There are a lot of pro wrestling podcasts out there, so I really cannot thank you enough for wanting to check out this one and the focus on NXT discussion. Where is it all leading to? What will we see from Keith Lee and Dijakovic in the future? I'm hoping some great things. Johnny Gargano getting a career retrospective on this past edition of NXT. I'm really hoping I'm getting worked to a major degree here. I don't want to see Johnny Gargano move away from NXT, especially when it's getting national TV time exposure. I don't think any time on Raw or SmackDown or... And I'm not saying this in a diminutive way. 205 Live. I don't want to see Gargano end up on 205 Live. I'm a major cruiserweight watcher. I try and watch 205 Live as soon as possible, whether it be on Hulu or the WWE Network, I try and keep up with that in-ring action because it is very good, but there aren't enough eyes on it. And Johnny Gargano deserves a lot of spotlight and a lot of attention as being wrestling's number one underdog. And I know I probably should have mentioned this during my NXT TV reviews, but oh well. Some things just slip through the cracks here, folks. And uh, some notes get glossed over, even if it is talking about your favorite NXT superstar. Anyway, Gargano, don't go anywhere. NXT needs you. The heart and soul of NXT needs Johnny Wrestling. Okay, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for enjoying this show. I really hope you did. I hope that I got to take out a little bit more than an hour of your commuting time all over, whether it be Chicago, to work, walking to class... Whatever you manage to be doing, if you're just if you're focusing on your own work and I'm just sitting here as background noise for you, I appreciate that as well. No matter how, why, when, or where you're listening to this show, thank you so much for doing so. I am CD Danny Mac. This has been the Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 93, the UFP show that talks about the NXT show. Be sure to follow me on social media at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter, my most primary form of communication. Like I mentioned briefly before, be on the lookout for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff prediction polls. 
at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram. I'll be sure to get up some wrestling memes or pictures of the Velveteen Dog, Colin, in the near future. Uh, check out the Facebook page, not as prominent as it should be, not the first or last time you're going to hear me mention that, but throw, go ahead, head over there, give me a like, uh, hopefully something will, uh, will come from that, even though my personal use of Facebook has dipped significantly, knowing what American audiences know about their information. I'm going to digress away from that point before I get too political. This is not a politics podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, no matter how you're listening, whether it be on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, which might be redundant at this point, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, lots of these. Wherever you're listening to it, however you're listening to it, I'm just so thankful that you are. Once again, I am CD, Danny Mac. This has been episode 93 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Have an absolutely great wrestling weekend. 